how terrible would it be to like your mom is olivia wilde and she's the same age as you like that would just be like super super awkward super weird Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 346 with a review of Jupiter Ascending. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Carson Patrick. If you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week. The uh, long-awaited... This is another film that was pushed back, right, Carson? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, another film pushed back, but this is Jupiter Ascending... Or as Carson has been refu- referring to it for a year, C-Tates in space. Yes, um, obviously. Uh, you know, th- this week uh, we were getting ready for us all to record this episode, and then Carson, Stephen, and myself got in a little dispute over who owns the deed to the planet we know as Earth. <laughs> and uh, Stephen obviously lost um, this argument, and we harvested him, and that is why he is not on this episode to talk yeah. about the film with us. He was trying to, like, marry his reincarnated mom. Yeah, so doing some, he's doing some freaky stuff. Unfortunately, he is not here. But uh, on the good side, uh, my skin is looking as vibrant as, as ever. So. <laughs> well, those baths are very uh, <clears throat> rejuvenating. So yeah. So all in all, I think I think we're all ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did my intro in the uh, Eddie Redmayne voice, like the "Hello, I'm Carson Patrick. I will harvest this entire podcast." Before I let her get to Earth. I'm Academy Award nominee, Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> when he started singing about Cosette, I almost lost it. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he had done um, his role in Les Mis, like how he did in this movie, that would have been a lot better. I'm just going to w- say it right now. I would have understood the motivations of that character a little more, I think. <laughs> the, 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 the sadness the pathos would have come across a lot clearer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we are here to talk about Jupiter Ascending. Um, I know you you have been very excited for this film, Carson. I was uh, looking forward to it. I was really bummed when they pushed it back. Yeah, I mean, what exactly is it about it that... Uh, like, why do you get excited for a film like this, but not like Project Almanac? Well, I don't know, something about it just reminded me of, like, goofy 90s movies like The Fifth Element, um, Power Rangers, and the fact that it was, wasn't, was like, you know, a, a sequel or a remake, or it was, it was at least, you know, as original as it could be, you know, obviously it's still borrowing from a lot of other movies, but yeah. at least it was a property not based on pre-existing source material. And does does the name of the Wachowski still hold um, any weight for you? Um, I mean, a little bit. I've pretty much liked all their stuff except for Cloud Atlas. Was kind of <laughs> I wasn't yeah. on board with that. Yeah, I, I think by default, I'm I'm gonna get excited for anything that the Wachowskis do. I, I think that whether or not they successfully land with it, like with a yeah. with a uh, Cloud Atlas, I do think that they have some sort of, uh, you know, originalness to their vision. And it, and it definitely, especially now with Cloud Atlas and now Jupiter Ascending, it feels like they're not, like they are doing what they want to do. And yeah, I mean, you they either always, like it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, they always have a singular vision for sure. Uh, like you could, you know, like what you're going to get. I mean, I applaud them for sticking to it 
Yeah, I mean, there there are several times during this film where I just, <laughs> in, in my head, I was saying to myself, I can't even believe this got made. <laughs> oh, I said that like every other minute of this movie. Yeah, and and, and in both positive and negative lights. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, I mean, I kind of feel like the Wachowskis. Um, well, I guess I can get into it, but I mean, like a lot of the reasons why they got criticized for the Matrix sequels. Um, they're still kind of doing in their other movies. I, I almost feel like ever since Matrix Reloaded, they've been just writing movies that sound like that scene with the architect. <laughs> like they just Ergo like concordantly. Yeah, and, like they come the off. Like. They come off that way. It's like very self serious, and I think that's a lot of the like that's. But that's their style, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, criticize them a lot more harshly because they they kind of have that humorless vibe but yeah yeah but i i still like that i mean they are definitely obviously definitely obviously i love when i use uh, word yeah, combos like that definitely um, maybe <laughs> but they 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 definitely have a sense of uh you know a love for like anime and stuff like that and, and this film feels i was talking to a buddy of mine and he's like he's like oh yeah how, how was that movie now uh, or he, he basically asked me to describe it to him and i was like well it's it feels very much like an anime. Like, you got weird dragon yeah. creatures for no reason. You got, like, aliens in space. You got the humans, like, crazy, awesome things that are happening. Uh, weird little tiny aliens that crawl around things. Um, it's definitely a wild out there film. And it does, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't try to uh, play into the norms, I guess, for, for general audience. It's like, it's like, no, this is weird stuff. If you watch a lot of anime or weird space things, then you will feel right at home. If you don't, then we don't care that you don't watch that kind of stuff because right. we're making our movie. Yeah. Um, so well, whether... I mean, like, I, I read a review that said that uh, their movies always feel, like, personal. Yeah. Even though, like, they... Personal in the sense that, like, they made the movie they wanted to make. Yeah, it, it's sort of like they're making a movie for themselves, but they happen to have made The Matrix before, so a company's yeah. going to release it for them. <laughs> yeah, which I'm... After this movie, I don't even know if if this, if Warner Brothers or any studio will give them this amount of money to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the budget for it? It was like $180 million huh. plus whatever they used to market it twice. <laughs> um but i mean like speed racer bombed um which i thought was underrated i know that got that got ripped shreds but like i thought it was i thought it was cool um and then cloud atlas was it was funded independently but it was distributed by warner brothers so that wasn't like a total loss for them yeah yeah um but then this movie they funded so i, I don't know like i i feel like i don't know like i feel like maybe just the Matrix will forever be like, oh, well, they made the Matrix movie. So, <laughs> like, maybe they think, like, maybe this one will stick finally. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I, I, I think even with Cloud Atlas, it's a film that I appreciate more than I liked. And um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll get into that sort of conversation maybe with this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I'm glad they made that movie. It's just it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. All right, well, what do you say we get into this, Carson? All right. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Jupiter Ascending and then come back and give you guys a full review. You've been taught that the birthplace of the human race is Earth, but it's not. Do you know what this will do to people when they find out the truth? 
I don't think that most people would want to know the truth. I do. Your planet was seeded by a brass axe industries roughly 100,000 years ago. It's one of the most powerful dynasties in the universe. There are three primary heirs. The oldest is Belem. He's the one that controls this planet and wants you dead. I'm telling you, I'm nobody. You are royalty. What about the girl? Still alive. Bring her to me. Same genes reappear in the exact same order. It is what you call reincarnation. Her Majesty's life has got to change if she wants it to. I'm still the same me. Right now, Balem owns the title to Earth. Once you claim it, the Earth will belong to you. I will harvest that planet tomorrow before I let her take it from me. Have you ever seen a harvest? Never. But I've heard they feel no pain. You should have told me the truth about why you wanted her. So that was the trailer for Jupiter Ascending. Uh, basically, we have a bunch of these uh, space humans who are hanging around. And, uh, you know, their mother has passed away. And the mother owned uh, Earth. Earth was hers to enjoy and do with what she pleases. And now her three children are kind of uh, vying for who owns the deed to Earth. And, uh, you know, our, our, our friend Stephen Hawking, is uh, he thinks he's the primary owner of Earth. But there's, there's one little tiny hiccup. And it seems that, uh, you know, back on Earth, there's this little Russian immigrant who uh, happens to be the reincarnated cells of uh, their mother. And it turns yeah, out that... Uh, just happens to be Meg. Yeah. yeah. So Meg is back on Earth. Is <laughs> so, a re- re- shut re- up, Meg. <laughs> reincarnated form of these people's mother. And if uh, they can go back to space and sit in the space IRS for long enough, um, <laughs> she can reclaim the title of Queen of Earth. And, uh, you know... Stephen Hawking is going to try to do everything in his power to stop that from happening. And thankfully, we have a stripper turned actor who can, who can, you know, maybe put on a little magic and uh, stop the bad guys from getting her. I don't know. So. CTA's literally playing a space wolf. <laughs> well, he's human a, he's wolf. A, a space, yeah, half, half human, half wolf. Yes. Actually, he's a, he's a splice, as they refer to him. I don't even think they specifically said he was half. They just said that he was a, a, a he human had, he, who's yeah. been spliced with wolf DNA. With wolf DNA, Or yeah. something akin to a wolf. Yeah, he had some kind of wolf in him. Yeah, and, and like C. Tate's uh, Carson, 
is has more more in more more in tune with a wool or with with the, damn it <laughs> i was gonna make a joke with the line from the film but i just lost it as i tried to go for it so anyways carson before i ramble any more than i just did why don't you start us off and uh let us know what you th- thought about this film i can only assume <laughs> you didn't think very highly of it well actually um <laughs> As shocking as uh, Sean Bean dying in movies, I uh, went against the grain on the general consensus of this. Um, I actually, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, obviously, but I mostly had fun with it. Uh, I I think that, uh, well, my expectations going into this was was, was that it was going to be like just a a real hot mess, but... uh, it kind of landed somewhere in between that and, uh, like not so good. But, uh, I feel like for all the people saying that it was like this completely misguided epic disaster and like giving it an F rating, um, I think that's way miscalculated. Like, I think there are much, much worse things than this movie. Yeah. Um, this year alone like something as generic and boring as taken three deserves an f way more than this movie um <laughs> what, what if you combine the two and sean beam's character was replaced by liam neeson and uh he kept talking about wanting to get his wings back <laughs> I, he's, all, I, he's all if you don't give me back my wings I will have to show you my special set of skills i mean because like like we said the movie is has the the tropes of any Wachowski movie where it's very self-serious uh, in a movie that's very silly because the level of sophistication in this movie is uh, Sean Bean plays a man who is spliced with B DNA and his name is Stinger. So <laughs> did, they actually, did they actually say that he was spliced with B DNA? I thought they did. That's why he had all the bees hanging around his house. I thought the bees belonged to the chick that he was living with. Wasn't that his daughter? I didn't know if she was like a, an actual daughter or somebody he was like stationed, like as a punishment, he was like mm. sent. See, here's the problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stuff, we don't know what the hell's going on. Well, because like they, they referenced the fact that he used to have wings. So well, yeah, I was but, like, so, all right. So did, so did CTA. It's like, I think everybody yeah, but he in had like w- Legion angel wings. But, but I think, for I no think reason. The, I think the wing, because obviously Tate's his wings weren't wolf wings because wolves don't have wings. Right, I think yeah. that everybody, they're basically, they were, uh, uh, what what the hell is freaking Captain America 2? What what was... Uh, oh, Falcon. Anthony Malkin, yeah, Mackie's uh, character. Um, basically, it's a similar thing where they got like these cool Falcon wings that they can do stuff with. So I, I just... Mm, maybe I, that's true. Yeah, I was under the impression that the, the daughtery type of character who was living in that house was somebody that he was like exiled to that place and he was he became like a keeper of the bees because that was part of his punishment when he was exiled from the whatever force that he was in possibly i mean his name is still stinger though which is true (laughs) be like i don't know but you know what bees can smell royalty that's right they can (laughs) that's what i learned from this movie um (laughs) Well, I mean, like, there are people saying, like, oh, like, you know, it, it's almost, uh, you know, it's so bad, like, I almost have to recommend it. And it's like, well, I mean, that's part of the reason why I I enjoyed it, or at least appreciated it, is because 
it was so radically different than like uh you know a godzilla or something like that in terms of uh, big blockbuster movies i mean just the like plot alone sounds so boring and not like anything that you would give almost 200 million dollars to yeah dealing with intergalactic tax inheritances and <laughs> which which i thought was one of the funniest moments in the film <laughs> yeah i mean like there's a really there's a really cool scene that's like a five minute scene where uh they're trying to like go through the whole process obviously a major shout out to uh brazil and obviously it concludes with a terry gilliam cameo so um obviously a definite homo- an homage to that um i'll take which- your word for it <laughs> Which I thought was really cool, um, and and very like n- not something you would usually see in in this kind of movie. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. The fact that like you know, there's people walking around spliced with other animal DNA. <laughs> like at one point, they cut to a dude who was commanding a ship, and he was just like an elephant head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was I like th- okay. <laughs> That that felt like that that felt like one of those things that's very anime just to be anime. Like there there was a, I, I watched some Netflix original series that was some weird anime they did, uh, and it, it, it totally felt like uh, Americans trying to write a Japanese story. Like for no reason, one of the characters is a bear, and like there's not other animal people mm. in, in the main plot, but for for some reason, there's just like a, a humanoid bear who not even humanoid humanoid bear. It's like full on bear, but can speak English or whatever language they're supposedly speaking in the space station in this this animated th- th- thing but yeah it, it was just silly that like oh, whoop elephant person <laughs> well i mean at least they had established the fact that there were people who, who like had other animal features yeah like the one chick that just has like weird ears like but she looks completely normal otherwise yeah yeah and there was the dude the 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 lawyer i guess for Eddie Redmayne who was like a, a mouse or something. <laughs> and then there was the dude who looked like the owl, too. Yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch of people like that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I mean, the movie is very visually uh, striking, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to latch on to, even when the movie is uh, kind of lagging. I thought, well, like, it- the... I thought the beginning... I thought it started mm-hmm. off pretty strong, and then, like, the middle gets a little laggy and then the it ended strongly again like there were there were some scenes like the action i thought was legitimately fun like something about c tate's rollerblading around in air on his like surf skates um something about that was really fun to me let me let me say something about the surf skates real fast so it as a as a youth um and by youth i mean like you know basically my entire life when I'm imagining fun things in my head, I always had this dream of what were essentially rollerblades with some sort of field that appeared below them that allowed you to skate on any surface. And uh, C. Tate's basically has the exact thing I've imagined for like the last 20 years of my life as being the awesome thing that I want to have someday. Um, The only difference is that mine, you always had to be on the ground to use and C. Tate's could actually be used (coughs) on gravity rails that you generate in space by like skating through air yeah um, so it's like it, it, it like as soon as you started doing it i was like oh my god this is the thing i've always wanted since i was little like this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen yeah there was something about it that was like inherently childlike um which was also like it was kind of similar to the suits that they had in the first gi joe 
Um, like <laughs> this something... is the accelerator suit. Yeah, what like... does it accelerate? <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was something about that was, like, so stupid, but it was, like, so, like, yes, I would like to own that. Uh, please. I'd like to, I like... they had those suits in that movie. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, but, yeah, like, there was something about that that was, like, really cool. Um, and there was a lot of, like, cool things like that in this movie. And then, um... Yeah, like, the problem is that, like, a lot of the self-serious gets in the way. But at some point, I kind of just, like, gave into it. I was like, all right, well, this is how it's going to be. And I'm fine with them, like, being so serious that it's almost, it's almost, like, funny again. Because it's, like, the the premise and the, the movie is so silly that it just almost becomes fun. Because there's all this, like, craziness going on. And, um, I, I mean, a lot of it is very ridiculously baffling in the sense that I wanted to be in the screening room when they showed this movie the first time to the executives. And I'm sure they were all just like, Oh, what have we done? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> like, there's nothing in this movie that like will appeal to anyone. <laughs> For, forgive us. We know not what we do. <laughs> like, they're like, Oh my gosh. Oh, like, thank God we have Channing Tatum in this. Uh, that's about it. Uh, but it, but he, but he's dressed as like gay Spock. <laughs> I mean, I for the most part was entertained by it, and uh, I, I very much enjoyed Eddie Redmayne's performance. And this was like a, this was a, a masterclass in scene chewing, trolling, scene chewery trolling. Um, I felt like he should have been in it more, though, because he was he was one of the best parts. <laughs> I, I did not like Eddie Redmayne in this. <laughs> I I mean I I he, he was bringing some fun to it. His his character was fine, but he was too he like it would he was trying to I don't know maybe I've seen him in too many things where he's being serious to see him in some like we need like a Clifton Collins Jr. or something to be in that role, and then it would have like made more sense to have him acting like super weird like that. Yeah, I mean, but I like the fact that he was he was playing, you know, we're not, we are used to seeing him play serious roles, and he's playing, like, a non-serious part. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like that. And I mean, I definitely was more interested in when he was on screen than when, like, the other brother was on screen. Well, the he, other, was, he was the boring. Other, well, the other brother may have been boring, but he was the one that was, the, that was causing the plot to move forward. Like, Eddie Redmayne yeah, was really was, just like... But... Somebody go find me her so I can kill her. Oh. <laughs> like the, all the other characters were actually doing stuff. And like, though they themselves may not have been that totally interesting, like the, the what they were doing was in, interesting, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I mean, like, but in like kind of on the surface, the plot is pretty boring. But in like juxtaposed with everything else that's happening in the movie, I guess it's not so boring because you're sitting there going like, how is this the plot of the movie? Like, I just, yeah. you know, but I mean, like there, that, I think that was like the slowest part of the movie, which is like kind of the middle section is when they're focusing more on the other brother and he's trying to like marry Mila Kunis. And that was a little weird. <laughs> but that's like the, his, his main, <laughs> it's his main plot thing. Yeah. Um, no, but it was just weird in the sense that it's like, okay, like, I know your like plan is to just like, immediately <laughs> so you can... hold on let's let's just go ahead and and dial it back a little bit 
But you're going to be, like, giving away all the main beats of the story. Okay, well, his plan isn't to, like, you know, actually... (laughs) You can't just just choose different words and say the same thing. (laughs) I'm just saying, he's basically marrying his reincarnated mother. Yes. Which is a little weird. Basically, it goes back to our conversation we had when we were talking about the movie In Time, which we were joking about before this this one. But I I was talking about how, like, how terrible would it be to, like... Your mom is Olivia Wilde, and yeah. she's the same age as you. Like that would just be like super, super awkward, super and it, weird. And in this, because of the context of this universe in which age is sort of irrelevant, um, and you can sort of rejuvenate uh, a, a person back to the the late stages, it, it, it's not just that. Like, oh, I'm a thousand years old, and my mom was too when she died, and so now this like very, very young version of it. Like, it, it's literally like that. That could have been what his mom looked like a week before that, you know. <laughs> So it's, yeah, not, that's it's true, not just yeah. like, you're the spitting image of my mother when she was younger. It's like, you literally look identical to the person I saw last week. Th- that should be weirder for you. Um, yeah. But then again, he was trying to sell it himself as like, oh, no, this isn't like a love or a sexual thing. This is purely yeah. business. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah. Anyway, so so should I get into my thoughts on this film? I Are you going to. Are you going to pull a, are you going to be like, this movie more like Jupiter ascending? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> that would be Steven's, that was Steven's time to chime in with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that this film is, uh, is interesting. It, it's one of those things that uh, I feel like the universe is more awesome and interesting than this specific plot. Um, but there's there's a lot of really cool sci-fi in, in this story. Um, you know the the origins of humans on the Earth. That whole aspect of this film is really interesting. Even the what the uh, these these human space aliens what they do for a living and and what what the whole thing that they're fighting over the ownership of Earth for I thought was really interesting. Um, I like as I already said I love C uh, Tate space boots and. His little arm shield, like the action in this oh, film. Oh, the arm shield was cool. Yeah, yeah the action in this film is just balls to the wall crazy, and in the best, <laughs> the best way. Like that I, first, I, that first scene where he was like hanging around, like snooping around looking for those files, and yeah, those other yeah. people show up, and it's just like pew pew. And he was like, <laughs> he was like jumping around like with his invisible shield. Yeah, like that was rad. But when they actually do the fly through the city, and they're just like blowing shit up. The ships have pieces that just hover around them. They're not even connected. Things are like flying around the city, just exploding. And it looks like that looks damn good. I'm going to say like that looks. <laughs> oh, it, it looked amazing. And the fact that like they did like the, the city footage is like real footage. Yeah, like I was watching. And they just that. added in like the other stuff. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I was watching. I was like, this this looks way better than it's supposed to look like I, I can't see like where they're stitching together all the digital buildings and stuff like it just looks damn good yeah so i i I was i was very happy with all that stuff um i feel like every scene in this has some little nugget of goodness that shows you that in the universe there's this stuff like i wish that this was a a uh, series on like I don't know who'd actually pick it up. Is there? Is there like I guess IFC or someone like who? Who would be like somebody who would actually show a weird sci-fi show? That I we, I guess like HBO maybe. I don't even know if HBO would do it, but like I would love to see this presented as an actual series where you could watch. They could show a bunch of different things instead of having this one plot be everything that's important. You could have actually like this would be just like the first three episodes or something like mini arcs or something. You know, like it would be. It'd be super awesome. Um, I, I don't know if they could fund it that way, but uh, 
yeah, I, I I had a lot of fun with this movie. I I think, you know, as as we've referenced, it is it, it can get boring at times. Uh, some of the things are a little bit silly, silly that it's going for. Um, but I think if you are are watching it under the context of what it's trying, like what genre it's trying to fit into and stuff, I think it's it's interesting. Like I had, I had fun with it. I, it's hard for me to sell it as oh no, you got to see this crazy awesome Wachowski movie. Um, but at the same time, there's like so much stuff that was awesome about it that it's like a- anybody who complains about it, I definitely feel that their complaints are warranted. But at the same time, it's hard for me to just outright shit on this film because they're doing a lot of fun. They're just doing a lot of interesting and crazy stuff. Like, like I, you know, I could, I could live without the, the, uh, ridiculous age makeup that were on half the characters. And the, the funny thing too about the age makeup is that like, not only does it look bad, but there are scenes where you explain that you just have to like lay down in this bath and Elysium style, you're young again. Yeah. So why in a universe where you can do that, especially if you're like the richest family in the galaxy and you have all these vials of Rejuva juice, like yeah. why, why would you not be using it? Like I kind of get Eddie Redmayne's character not having the desire to even feel young because he's like so extravagant and you know, so yeah. powerful in this galaxy that like he doesn't need to look young because who the crap cares? But like, you know, the younger brother of those three, he's all like, Oh, I need to I need to be young with like perfect vampire skin and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's like, like a player. Yeah, like he he's wanting to do that sort of thing. But I, I like I totally get Eddie Redmayne just like, no, you know what? I discovered Hawking's radiation. I don't have to <laughs> He's all emo over here. <laughs> yeah. Um but like the sister, I don't know why she ever had a young form um, that didn't make any sense to me. Or, sorry, I had an old form. I don't know. I think that it was literally just to <laughs> to show you in that one scene. Yeah, where she could go could, in like, a little bath and be like, yeah. look, I'm young again. Yeah, look how great this is. Yeah, now that mommy's home, I don't want to look the age of mommy. I want to look the age of me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like so much, even when the movie is lagging, I thought there was like, there was something happening visually or uh you know action wise that like that is enough to keep you you know watching like there's there's so much going on in this movie there's there's so much for any anyone to latch on to um that it's hard not to be bored yeah yeah like flat out uh so that's why i was kind of you know, people people criticizing it for being this, you know, disaster. I was like, there's no way. Like, I'd much rather sit through this movie than, like, a lot of the blockbusters that came out last year. Because at least it's like, there's something happening, you know. It, it feels rich. Like, I, I mean, I could definitely see it being a TV series, like how Game of Thrones is. Because it feels like it, it was almost based on a book series or something. Because it, it has that, like richness to it well the, the, the way they present the information feels like it's supposed to be an existing property where they're like we're not going to take the time to catch you up you've already read the story you know about it like it, it yeah. had that feel to it but this is like their original ish vision right yeah i mean it's not based on anything like i said but it's obviously borrowing from a lot of other th- properties yeah it's not based on anything it's based on everything it's based on everything <laughs> i mean like the that one girl from cloud atlas look like her exact same character from cloud atlas <laughs> on like the, the the like motorbike fly thing <laughs> like, oh yeah <laughs> she had right. she had like the blue hair like i was trying to figure out who the hell that was i was like i 
I, I, I forget there that, that, that there those weird bounty hunters were even there. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> I love to like. So some of the dumb things in this movie is she has this giant ass hover bike that can cloak. But there's scenes where they don't want to just point the camera into air and not see anything. So she, yeah. she like makes a face and then cloaks. But she's hovering over a crop field. So like the only <laughs> thing you would see, you would look out over the crops. So you would see a wasteland of crops and then this hover bike with this chick with crazy hair just sitting it like floating in space it's not like she was cloaked way down low next to the actual crops like it was she was just in the air like sticking out like a sore thumb she's like nope i had to make this weird face and now i can cloak and disappear yeah that's how you that's how you know she's there yeah she's making those crop circles it was pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) i did like how they explained the the big action scene when they're like destroying half of chicago and then they basically like men in blacked it yeah they're like oh all that stuff will be fixed also nobody will remember it <laughs> i was like because a part of me was like they are destroying like a no, lot of this city like that, holy that, crap that's what i was thinking too because like in, in most in most stories or most films you know like you know it's, it's a big popular thing now on the internet to complain about how like oh my god this yeah like city at the end of man of steel and yeah shit. like i i never care about that but in this uh, like in those stories it's like okay well there's an invader coming to the earth and people are aware that they're there and Right. Things are getting just like people are prepared for stuff to be not not prepared for their personal stuff to get destroyed, but they know shit's about to go down. In this, like out of nowhere, this huge fight with crazy vehicles just erupts and destroys half a city. And I was like, "Holy shit!" A lot of people just got surprised <laughs> by that. Um, so it was kind of awesome that like they're like, "Oh, don't worry, we're fixing this." <laughs> Even if they hadn't explained it, I would have accepted it because it's like it's not like this movie takes place in the real world. It's it was like Man of Steel too. It was like it's a comic book movie. Like what like. I don't understand why people are are acting like this is, you know, a documentary or something. Yeah. I guess because they were like thinking, well, it's like the gritty Nolan realization type of thing. But it's like, no, I don't don't think anybody thought it. Wait, are you talking about Man of Steel now or are you going back to this movie? No, Man of Steel. Okay, I was going to say, nobody thought this was No, not this movie. (laughs) Hell no. This is like the, this is way closer to the Fifth Element version. Yeah. Of a of a, a type of blockbuster, but no, no, but like I mean, that's what I mean. The complaint, a Man of Steel, like all those complaints, like when I, you know, watched it, like I that never crossed my mind. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's a comic book movie. I mean, come on. Well, I was like, yeah, big ass aliens are coming to the planet and destroying it. Like that yeah. made sense to me. Like I wasn't like that was the whole like when you have a giant terraforming device that's that's literally on one side of the earth destroying the entire planet from that one spot. I don't care that Superman is being punched through a, a skyscraper that might kill some people on yeah. the 14th floor or something like that. It'd be like, like it, people complaining about Independence Day, going like, hmm, all this destruction. Yeah, like, do, do you think nobody got destroyed when they fired a nuke at the ship and nothing happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> when like, it fell out of the sky? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that too. At the end, when when there's like 47 ships around the planet and they sink them <laughs> they all, all on out. top of... like, So everybody, that's one of the things that I always like laughed at that i don't never get to talk to people about is so in independence day <laughs> a big tangent here but uh, yes in independence day you know they all they all go they you know they find area 51 and data's down there and getting all excited about stuff and everybody goes down there to pray their little jewish prayers in the yeah. little sitting circle and uh the whole thing is that the the ship is centering itself over the entrance where they were so they're like oh god it's gonna come here and it's gonna explode and kill us all but the thing is that ship, which is the size of like an entire city, 
when it sinks, it falls on top of Area 51. So all those people are trapped in there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way they're ever going to get out of there. Oh, no. No. But it looks cool when Will Smith walks up to it at the end. Yeah. When they all Ooh. walk up to it. Welcome to Earth. I mean, it's just like, how about that for some... Or I, I, promise, I told you I promised you fireworks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, now that that's cleared up from 1996... <laughs> <Fat lady. laughs> <laughs> but you know the you know this movie felt like it it could have been released in 1996. I mean it's got like weird dragon lizard people as henchmen and there's a lot of weird stuff going on that I feel like uh, is missing from a lot of movies these days. So I appreciated it for that. And I mean a lot of it is a lot of it is legitimately fun. Although um I wish it had been a little less serious, but you know that's okay. I, I feel like the world they created was enough to have it be interesting and and cool. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I will say, like, any time that, uh, you know, C. Tate's bust through a door, skates across the floor, flies up in the wall, blasts a bunch of dudes, and then, like, hides behind his little shield while doing, like, aerial, you know, backflips and stuff. Yeah, like that's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean like a lot of the weapons and like the gadgets in it were really cool. Yeah, like, like that, uh, that one inf- gun that's basically just like a, a, a like turbine engine. <laughs> it just like shoots a wave of air and like <laughs> flings somebody really far. Yeah, that <coughs> that and like his uh, inflatable uh, spacesuit. Yeah, yeah. It's always handy when you floating yeah, around. Star Lord could have used one of those at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely not the level of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but uh, it's somewhere in between. Like, I, I would definitely recommend it to people to watch on the big screen, even as like a, even as like a pure like curiosity factor of of how like this, how this got funded, how no one like looked at it and went, oh, uh, uh, guys, like, can we like tone this down a little bit? Well, what's probably they ha, they probably have something in mind that they want the Wachowskis to direct, and they're like, we got to give them as much as they'll take, so that one day we can get them to direct like insert board game movie here. Oh, well, I feel like they pitched the movie really well. Like, I feel like they sold them on it like super high, and then you know they didn't really see anything until after it was all done. Then it was yeah. like, oh, imagine John Carter, right? But instead of being <laughs> Mars, it's Jupiter. It's also reddish. But there's lots of clouds instead of just being deserty look, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, like uh, <clears throat> my girlfriend said that it it, it kind of felt like uh, John Carter, but you know, if John Carter was successful, <laughs> yeah, and less cartoony. Yeah, because I I feel like you know this movie could easily been a John Carter and been like super boring and and generic, but um, yeah, it wasn't. So that was good. Yeah, but it it did have that kind of same feeling that uh, this space opera. But um, yeah, no, I feel like they, <laughs> I feel like they almost maybe will continue to give the Wachowskis all this money to make whatever they want. So like at some point they can turn it back on them and be like, okay, well now it's time for you to give us another Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah, they're like, we need, uh, <laughs> you know, we need the the either the prequels or the whatever happens next round. Yeah, whatever the hell happened after the third movie, I, I feel like it's only inevitable. 
it might be after this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, the Wachowskis decide to go back to the Matrix universe. Well, at the very least, they can make like <laughs> they can make six full-length versions of the Animatrix stories. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just like the Matrix, there's a lot of, you know, for better or worse, the sequels, like there's still a lot of, there's a lot of story to be told from the universe they created. Like they, they, I mean, had so much going on in that, that, um, you know, even if you don't like the sequels, there was at least, it still felt like, yeah, it, it, it felt like warranted, I guess, because there was obviously still more to tell from that. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they'll get them to do the next Tron movie. I would watch that. Are they making another Tron movie, by the way? Um, well, I think they want to. I guess eventually they will. Gotcha. I, no, <clears throat> I, I would dig that because I had a lot of fun with Tron. Yeah. I mean, or, or like if they actually decided to direct a live action, you know, anime movie. Because like a lot of, you know, they're, I think Warner, Brother, Warner Brothers was trying to do <clears throat> like the live action Akira movie for a long time. Yeah. Which sounds like a <laughs> horrible idea. People have been shopping around the Cowboy <laughs> Bebop movie for a long time too. But yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, any last thoughts on this film? Uh, no, I think we covered the ball. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, while Carson goes off and dies <laughs> of, of <clears throat> whatever sickness he has, not having Rejuva Juice from the whatever people's that family's <laughs> last name is, um, why don't you... Abrasics uh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the Abrasics. Why don't we uh, get into the verdict then for this episode? Uh, Carson, if you were going to give us a must-see, rec- recommend with a caveat... Wait for until pass with the caveat or a must avoid. What would you give it? <clears throat> I would definitely give it a recommend. I think the caveat is that uh, uh, there's enough in it for people to, I think, latch on to and enjoy. Or maybe not. I don't know. But I, I mean, <laughs> I liked it. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I don't know if it's as good as I enjoyed it or if I enjoyed it as more than what its quality might be. I feel more inclined to give it a wait for rental. Um, I mean, there's definitely stuff that is is great to see on the big screen um, just because it's pretty damn epic. But uh, I think for the most part, um, you know, based on the total runtime of the film and what all happens in it, it might be better just to wait and rent it. Um, So I'm going to stick with wait for rental. I mean, I would, if someone was like wary about it, I would still say to see it on the, on the big screen. Cause I think the visuals alone would be worth seeing. Yeah. <clears throat> but if we're talking about, you know, delicious plates of hot garbage, then I would direct you to see Seventh Son. <laughs> Which I'm still going to see eventually, by the way. <laughs> Dude, I, th- you got to see it because you know that I was like hating on it hardcore when the trailer was out and uh i was still like not really wanting to go see it yeah but <laughs> i would i would have no qualms giving that movie a recommend with a caveat because it is so hilariously stupid i could not help but be entertained so it it, it, it on on ridiculousness how does it stack up against hansel and gretel which it, I, ge- I genuinely liked i know yeah it, it has the same tone of that movie um which is not serious which is i think what a lot of these fantasy movies 
you know, they fall into being, you know, so, so serious, like Jack the Giant Slayer and 47 Ronin and, of course, The Hobbit. I mean, The Hobbit definitely could have used some Jeff Bridges acting like a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Bridges basically playing an even drunker, dumber version of uh, Rooster Cogburn. But, uh, (laughs) oh, man. I mean, like, people were talking about how, like, oh, Eddie Redmayne, this looks so terrible, uh, um, you know, since the theory of everything and the Oscars are in a couple weeks. And it's like, I think Julianne Moore comes off way worse in seventh son than Eddie Redmayne does. <laughs> Cause at least Eddie Redmayne isn't in the whole movie. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I guess I'll find out firsthand sometime within the next week oh, or man. so. Like if the it first stays 10, in theaters long enough. <laughs> the first 10 minutes, like I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> 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 like the, and like the CGI is like so terrible. But, like, it's almost, like, so bad that it becomes fun. It becomes good again. Like, it's so funny because it's so hokey looking. I'll give them credit for at least putting the CGI, like, how in Jupiter Ascending was kind of the same way, too. They put, like, the CGI in real environments instead of having, like, you know, just Jeff Bridges stand in front of a green screen. They have everything be CGI, like The Hobbit or something. So I'll give them credit for that. All right, well, uh, I think uh, we're probably done with the review for this week, but uh, yeah, we will be back next week with more stuff to talk about. Um, for, for now, though, Carson, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Well, you can find me, you know, popping and locking <laughs> over at practicalcandy.wordpress.com. <laughs> you can find me making my uh, furniture fixtures, <laughs> grinding to Genuine's Pony. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will uh, come from, you know, the score to Jupiter Ascending. So hopefully that is uh, ascending or descending into your ear holes now. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that is it. So hopefully Steven will be able to join us. Um, next year we'll we'll reconstitute his matter after we harvested him back in yeah. and re- remake him in uh or maybe we won't have to maybe the same cells will rearrange themselves in the same way and it will be what we humans call reincarnation he's gonna come back as chappy <laughs> that's right chappy's book you know what like chappy I'm, wants ex- to paint. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see chappy but i am not excited that they show that trailer in front of every damn movie like every time like that trailer comes on I'm like oh god fucking chappy like go away <laughs> like, chappy more like crappy <laughs> yeah like how that guy said are, are, are you at least seeing the newer trailer where they show all the cool like they show yeah like that's Hugh the Jackman's only trailer robot. i see yeah they show it for every movie i'm like not exaggerating like every movie i've seen it's like just... Chappy, Chappy likes to paint. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Chappy's book? <laughs> Do you know what's a black sheep? No. It's like, oh, I get it. Like, it's coming out. I'll see it. <laughs> Just stop showing the trailer. 
Uh, I just hope at some point that uh, since Shalto Copley is doing the voice of Ch- Chappie, yeah. I, hope, I hope that he shows up in his Elysium suit and has to fight Chappie. <laughs> he has, a, he has a, a live action cameo as well. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is a review, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining me, Carson. You're very welcome. And we are going to shut down, reboot, and uh, come back and learn about watches from the Slumdog Millionaire. (laughs) Later.